so I will ask them, and this is the majority of people, and I, I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty. I'm just saying this is the mission that God gave us. When was the last time you shared your faith? And these are Christians, been Christian 5, 10, 15, 20 years. And they'll say, can't remember. Or it's been five years. Or Quentin, that's convicting. I'm like, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty, but this is the thing Jesus called us to do. And so to answer your question, we're called to go to church to get equipped. And it's okay to have a cup of coffee in church. But then we have to go out into our neighborhoods, into our workplaces, and we have to share the gospel. That's what God has called us to do until he returns. Hi, and welcome to this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. Today we have my longtime friend, Quentin Lytle, Director of Church and Ministry Relations with Downline Memphis. Quentin, it is always good to see you. How are you doing? Byron, I'm doing great. Glad to be here today. <laughs> Life is good. You know, there are many struggles, but this is not heaven. But life is good at this point. I'm enjoying it while I can. I love that. This is not heaven. There are many struggles, but life is good because Jesus is on the inside as believers, right? Amen. Amen. So Downline's mission is to encourage a restoration of biblical discipleship in and through the local church by equipping men and women to know God's Word and make disciples. That's foundational for you guys. That's very foundational. That's basically how the ministry got started. Yeah. Uh, young man coming to know Christ and uh, being discipled by another older man. And he went around to the churches and said, look, this is what happened to me, that biblical. And the pastor said, that's very biblical. Yeah. And we've gotten away from that, and we need to get back to that. And it's interesting, in a world where we are today where there's still so much racial tension, I think it's a neat example that a white young man being discipled by an African-American, a brother that loved the Lord, willing to spend time and invest in Ken and Vaughn, Soup Campbell, which we love Soup Campbell. But I think that's a beautiful story because in the Church of Jesus Christ, there's a makeup of all kinds of people, you know, yes, <laughs> and, and from different nations. And, and I think it's beautiful that in Christ we are one. I like what Brian Loritz said one time when we were talking about this. You know, you look at a tapestry and you turn over the backside of it, you see all of the stitching and different color threads that are woven together, but when you flip it over, you see this beautiful picture. And the picture in this case is Jesus Christ. Mm. And if you look on the backside, you see you're black, I'm white, we have Asian, we have different people, we have Hispanic, different nations, different ethnicities, but in Christ, we make up the beautiful picture of the body of Jesus. Yes, that's a beautiful uh, illustration. I think I heard Tony Evans many, many years ago. He said Jesus was a mestizo, and that's a person of mixed ancestry. And so we know Jesus was primarily Jewish, but uh, he represents all people because he has that in his culture. It's important to understand the difference, the principle of discipleship versus the method. I think if we put too much emphasis on the method, we bring too much culture involved. And so – we can develop a great method of discipleship in the buckle of the Bible belt and take that same method to New York or California or China or wherever and it not work so well. But if we understand the principles of discipleship, that will transcend any ethnicity, any social economic differences, any national international differences. So that's yeah. what we try to do. And that's the beautiful picture to see what happened with Soup and Kennan. You Thank recently you. returned from the 32nd annual Crossfire Full Day Overnight Basketball Camp. Uh, you teamed up with your dear friend and ours, uh, Randy Shepard, with Crossfire. I did that uh, Randy's basketball camp many, many years. My kids growing up, they went to basketball camp. They obviously he came to Memphis to get a start and went back to North Carolina to start the same kind of team. And so I hadn't been there in, I don't know, five, six years. And he asked me if I would come over, and, and I did. And so we were 
have 180 kids, overnight campers, and teach them basketball, but share the gospel with them. And we had several, several professions of faith. And on the last day, Thursday, we have the parents come in and watch what their kids learn. But Randy uses that or takes that opportunity to share the gospel. And we had many professions of faith with uh, the parents. And so, of course, I get to share about downline what we do in the discipleship. You need yeah. to grow in the Lord. But it was a great opportunity to go. And obviously, the place is beautiful. The weather was great. Oh, that's awesome. So tell me about Carla. How's she doing? Carla is doing well. Which is your wife, by the way. Yes, yes. My wife, Carla. As a matter of fact, we were, July 31st was uh, uh, 38 30, years, 30 years you, of marriage. Yeah, and the reason I know that you told me at church Sunday, that's why I know that. Uh-huh, and I think you and your wife are about the same. Yes. So Carla's doing well. I just thought that when our kids were out of the nest, our youngest being 25 now, then I'd get my wife back. Well, she's working full time at uh, the Chevy County Election Commission, and she has her hands full. So at some point, I'm about to pull away to get some time with her. Ah, I love that woman. Hey, when you talk about your children, which you and Carla got us blessed with eight children, you said your youngest is 25 now. You know, the Bible talks about training up a child, uh, which is really like discipling at home, discipleship beginning really at home with our children. Looking back, and I know every parent, when they look over their children's lives as, you're, as you have grown adult children, is there regrets as you look at how you invested, how you discipled your kids? Um, for sure. Every parent can 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 do better. And I held on to a quote many many years ago. I heard rules without relationship produces rebellion. And so I held to that. And so your kids really don't care, you know, what you think uh, until they see that you care and you want to spend time with them. And so over the years, Carl and I used uh, sports to disciple our kids, bring other families in, and share with them the Lord. You know, I would say with my children, I probably looking back would be more systematic in my approach to the bible uh, philosophically i think i was on point i've heard a quote another quote that says you know i think it's give me your child's attention when he's young when he gets a little older give me uh his mind train him in the ways of the lord and then when he gets older let him walk with you and see how you live out your faith and so what I praise the Lord for is um, because I had a preacher to look up to, and that was uh, Dr. Adrian Rogers, who modeled being a Christian, but he also shared his faith, and that never left me. And so my kids, pretty much all of them, share their faith, and that's very important to me. So they may yes. can't point to a particular verse, but they can tell you philosophically why they believe different verses of the Bible, yes. but they all share their faith. And so I think that's very much needed. So. I like that, and I think that's really the heartbeat of discipling your kids. They don't have to know all the theological points. I mean, they have to get the foundation right, of course, but to be able to see them carry on and share their testimony, living testimony that they have for Christ with others, I think it's so beautiful, Quentin. I was looking at this uh, thing online this morning, 15 Reasons Why You Should Go to Church. It says at some point, someone has probably encouraged you to go to church. Maybe your mama, your uncle, neighbor, coworker has told you it's very important. But you have dismissed it because you didn't see any real benefits of going to church. Or maybe you do want to go to church, but sleeping and going to a brunt seems like a better way to spend your Sundays. No matter your current reason for not going, here are 15 reasons why you should go to church. Number one, grow your faith. Practice gratitude, develop relationships, strengthen marital bonds, feel peace, serve others, receive encouragement, learn to forgive, worship together, uncover your gifts, be prayed for, improve your health. What's wrong with all that? A lot of that is you come into the church. What can the church do for me? And I think it's a trick of the enemy that 
he's tricked us into bringing everybody and everything in the church. And it's about us, so we stay in the walls of the church. But we're called to go to church, be equipped from God's word by pastors, and then go out and tell the world about Jesus. And it's very lacking. And so two things, and you asked me what I'd do differently with my family, uh, discipling them. One, I would expose them to more families walking with the Lord to see how they're carrying out the Great Commission in their life. And so I'll have we'll have parents uh, and families share at Downline. I'll tell them, I said, listen, when you share, I want you to uh, be real uh, because we need to hear. I don't want you to give up, get up and give some rose story about I gave my life to Christ when I was four, although that may be true, and I've walked with him all my days, and I've gone to college, and I've walked with him. My kids love the Lord. My spouse loves the Lord. Uh, that's great. But discipling the family is hard. And they're going to be things, unfortunate kids are going to go awry, divorce, cancer. But I tell people, if those things knock you down, well, you can't get back up, then your identity is in the wrong thing. And so, number two, going to church, we need to change our philosophy a little different. Somehow we've got locked into the four walls of the church. We need to come to be equipped. And what I'll do, Byron, I'll ask people, when I do the interview, I said, so uh, tell me, first of all, we don't want downline to be another knowledge dump. We want to give you the tools, and it's just not about Bible study. You don't separate evangelism and Bible study. They go together. Jesus assumed that we were going to be sharing our faith, and then we help the people grow to maturity and then reproduce. So I will ask them, and this is the majority of people, and I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty. I'm just saying this is the mission that God gave us. When was the last time you shared your faith? And these are Christians, been Christian 5, 10, 15, 20 years. They'll say, can't remember, or it's been five years, or Quentin, that's convicting. I'm like, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty, but this is the thing Jesus called us to do. And so to answer your question, we're called to go to church to get equipped. And it's okay to have a cup of coffee in church, but then we have to go out into our neighborhoods, into our workplaces, and we have to share the gospel. That's what God has called us to do until he returned. Yeah, this morning I was listening to Colin Smith, one of our Bible teachers here early uh, in the morning, and he was talking about the verse in Galatians 2.20. This reminded me that, you know, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. Mm. Again, it's this uh, consumer Christianity where we think, you know, I've got my salvation side. Now I can just plan and do whatever mm. I want to do. Mm. I've been crucified with Christ. Mm. I no longer live. Mm. Christ lives in me. Mm. What is the work that Christ wants to do? Well, he is reconciling the world to himself mm. through us. And right. so we're the instruments, right? Right. Jesus said in his word in Matthew four nineteen. Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And he also said, I think it's in Matthew 9, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And so I remember a quote by Maxie Dunham that I've held to for many years. He came and he spoke at Downline, and here's what he said. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you to be the best Christian dad, he said. That's good, but that's not his ultimate calling. You know, you ask the Holy Spirit to help you be the best Christian businessman to give you power for that. And he said, that's fine, but that's not what he's ultimately interested in, the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. He said, but if you ask for power to carry out the Great Commission, Matthew twenty-eight eighteen through 20, he says, then I'm on board. Because that's the one thing that we can do now that we won't be able to do when we get to heaven. And we need power to do that. And so Jesus said, all authority has been given to us. Go make disciples of all nations. And so that's what's lacking a lot. And you mentioned make disciples. Is there really a difference between disciples and converts? Can you really be uh, 
a Christ follower just as a convert, or do, do you need to be discipled? I mean, tell me about it. Well, that's the whole process of discipleship, and people separate the two. Uh, Jesus said, since going, make disciples. The command is on making disciples, and a lot of people say you either evangelize or you do a Bible study, and they both go together. But Jesus assumed that we were going to be sharing our faith. I, I tell people, can you imagine, Byron, talking to one of the disciples and them not sharing their faith with you? No, they share their faith unto death. And so most Christians will tell me that they are afraid to share. They just don't have the tools. And so Jesus assumed that we were going to be sharing our faith. But when we share and the person becomes a Christian, then we need to help mature that person in Christ. And at the very end of that discipleship process, there needs to be a reproduction. And that's what's often left off. It's, just, it's not just another Bible study. I'll just share this quickly. It was a lady calling me, and, she, and she's been a part of a very successful Bible study in, in Memphis where a lot, a lot of women attend. And she said, Quentin, I just don't know if I need to do downline. I have so much Bible knowledge, I don't know if I need to do that. I said, let me ask you a question. When was the last time you shared your faith? She said, oh, whoa. She's a more mature lady. She said, it's been a minute. I said, well, that may be the missing element because that is a part of learning Bible studies so that you can share with people, be equipped to share with people. And so she prayed for me, which I appreciate. I said, let me pray for you. So I prayed for her, divine appointments. So she's in the radio. This is what she does. I'm trying to think what program she worked for, but she texted me the next day and said, Quentin, guess what? <laughs> I shared the gospel. I like, you did? She said, yes. So tell me about it. She said, well, I did all my business and took care of that and just wanted to be sensitive about where I was working. She said, but I started sharing with this man. He just broke down and started crying. And she said, Quentin, I was afraid to share. Then she said, I was afraid. I said, well, that's okay. I said, I've led over 10,000 people to the Lord, and I'm afraid to share. She said, no, I was afraid not to share because God had put it on my heart to share. And I said, that's exciting. That's what we need. That's what we need to share. You work real closely with local churches. Really, that's what your primary role is here with Downline here in Memphis, working with the local churches. Does the Bible, Quentin, provide a clear definition for the function of a local church? Well, it does. It, if, you, if you read the Bible in the New Testament, you'll see that God always used the local church. And you see when Paul was on his missionary journeys, he's always returned to the home church and to be sent out by the churches. And so I think there is a clear some people argue differently, but I think there's a clear picture that Jesus Christ has called the local church to minister to his people. But and I don't know how to figure this out, but you've had great men that have seen the um, need for other parachurch ministries like Bill Bright, Campus Crusade for Christ, uh, Billy Graham, uh, Youth for Christ, 1943. Ultimately, and you hear people saying this that are involved in parachurch ministries, we would like not to exist. But God has just used parachurch ministries. And so what we're trying to do at Downline is to strengthen the local churches by equipping them with the word. Pastor Orr said, he said, you know, Quentin, I can preach my heart out on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, but I just can't catch my people up. You know, everybody is not called a seminary. Very few pastors go to seminary worldwide. said, but, you know, Byron, a whole lot of people can do a nine-month course. 
and the dividends are great. And so because of the virtual piece now, we go all over the world. And we can train people, and we, we train people in various ministries. Second Prayer is going to have a city serve, and they have a panel of ministries up front, and you can talk about what you do. And so we had, I don't know, 10 ministries up front, and out of those 10 ministries across the city, somebody from every one of those ministries had gone through downline. It's the equipping of the, the believers. And so a lot of people tell me they don't share, and I've been a Christian for a long time, but I'm just not familiar. I can move around right. the New Testament, the Old Testament. You start talking about Obadiah, Zephaniah, Zechariah, <laughs> who is that? You know. <laughs> yeah. So we just want to give them an overview, yeah. picture of the Bible, and we pretty much stay with the essentials. And then you mentioned the African-American churches that I work with. I tell them, I say, look, we pretty much stay with the essentials. The non-essentials that can fit within the pillar of orthodoxy, over time, we'll probably change on some of those ourselves, but we don't discuss those. We let you go back to your pastor, whether we're talking about the Arminianism versus Calvinism or perpetuity of spiritual gifts or whatever your eschatological view is. We'll give you a perspective, but we say go back to your pastor. We're not trying to convert people to exactly what we believe on the in-house debate or the non-essentials. Yeah, the essentials. Give me some examples, if you can, where Downline is currently working with smaller local black congregations and the positive signs that you've seen in those relationships. Okay, yeah. So our partnerships basically are we want to equip your people to come back to help undergird you in your ministry. We want to train them. And so our partnership is kind of a loose partnership, but we'd say, look, can you send your most committed people to Downline? three people per year, five people per year, just to get enough leadership in your church to help you carry out the vision for your church. And so I'm I'm thinking about a church, St. Andrew's Methodist Church, with Pastor Robinson, I think is his name. He's the president of United Way right now. So he sent, a few years back, a group of African-American men through, and it could have been women, he just happened to send men. They were very committed to the Lord. And he said, Quentin, I've been preaching for a long time, but this whole discipleship process, I don't know if I've been very effective in that. And so, yes, I want my guys to go through, but not only do I want my guys to go through, I'm going to go through as well. And he's Dr. Robinson, and his wife is brilliant, two daughters, brilliant doctors, actual medical doctors. And so he went through. He said normally he would teach all the material they would have men retreats and so he would teach that well he had these guys come through they took the lead he let them teach and he said it was absolutely incredible to (laughs) see these guys committed to the word knowing the word teaching his church that's what we mean that's what we want to happen we want people to know the word, to undergird their pastor. So when they go to the neighborhood and they're sharing their faith and people come in because I'll ask people, I say, look, let's say little Johnny gave his life to the Lord. And he's fired up. So listen, Jesus saved me. He forgave me my sins. I'm so happy about it. I'm excited. By the way, I've been seeing you around the church. Can you take me by the hand and teach me what it means to be a godly man and help me grow in the faith or godly woman, help me grow in the faith? Could you do that? Most people ask that. Going to the downline, they'll tell me. Quentin, that'd be a disaster. I'd give them some good stuff, but know where to start, where to stop. Take them through the Bible? Are you serious? And so I think that's what we're trying to accomplish to give the pastor. You get the people through the downline, 
and God sent revival, which I think we need reformation more than revival. But God sent revival. These people get saved. They can walk into your church. You can help them grow to maturity, be a blessing in the community. That's a beautiful picture. Thanks for sharing that. And we need to see that replicated in our churches, kind of focusing some on our African-American congregations. But this is all churches. You hate to say that you have your African-American, your white churches, your Asian churches, because we all are the body of Christ. Amen. And, and it's beautiful when we see a blend of churches together, but we know predominantly uh, we still see congregations that connect with their own races. We're not here to judge that. All right. we're saying is let Downline help assist you in maturing the believers, equipping the saints to do the ministry of the church. And you just gave a perfect example of that. Yes, and so we want to continue to do that. That's the idea. Again, majority of pastors will not go to seminary. When they say if you had to pay for our Downline Institute, most Pastors, professors, it's like a $10,000 education, which it only costs $1,500 to go through. And we still won't let that stand in the way of you going through. If you have a commitment, a desire to go through, we'll work that out. Yeah. But we just want to get people trained. And for me, Byron, I get to talk to all churches, black, white, Hispanic, Chinese, African, you name it. But my heart goes out to the African-American church. And that doesn't mean that the African-American pastor, I'm preaching the word. They are preaching the word. But like all churches, as I do the interviews, people tell me that they feel incompetent when it comes to the, the overview of the Bible from Genesis Revelation. Well, and, and too, a lot of the churches in these smaller communities in our city, too, the pastors are bivocational. So it's their time. I mean, they're already trying to support their family, minister to their congregation. Having a ministry like Downline assist them in equipping their members is a wonderful blessing, I'm sure. Absolutely. We'll have 20% of our class would be minorities. We also have to make sure that people understand we are not one culture trying to run everything. We have many different ethnicities, uh, preachers teaching the word, black, white. I'm not sure we've had any other uh, race at this point, uh, culture, but we have a, a number of pastors teaching that say, look, we're all one. And so you come together, we have 60 to 70 different churches represented in class, we just want people to know the word, to glorify God, because we're called to preach the gospel and share our faith for two reasons. One, to glorify God by people being saved, and the other, be accountable for hearing the truth. They've heard the truth. So everybody's not going to be saved. Okay, so there's, I think, some special things happening. August 29th and the 31st, there's a free virtual institute preview week coming up. What else is happening with Downline that you want to talk about? So a few things. One, this year, class starts August the 29th. And this is for the institute? This is for the institute. Nine months? Nine months. On paper, nine months, but actually all the holidays, because we want families to be with their families during the holidays, so maybe it's like seven and a half months. But on paper, it's nine. We start in August, we end beginning of May. So the institute starts this year on August the 29th. We have currently about 117 people in class live. I'm looking to get a more diverse group. And so I want to reach out to, and I'm reaching out to the African Americans, the Asian community to try to get more people involved. And so that's my urgent need right now. I just want more diversity and downline. And so that happens on the 29th. Virtually, uh, you just mentioned that there's a free week of virtual learning, the first week of class, and you can decide if you want to do it or not. I think currently we have 46 virtual students. And that's huge because some people can't come to Memphis, so we go to them. And I think at one point, Byron, we were on every continent in the world. We'll have 
20, 30 states and two or three continents every year. And so I don't know what that looks like right now, but it's really precious. And they can come in and go live with us, or they can listen later if their schedule doesn't determine that. Also, we have coming up our golf tournament Thursday, October 20th at Windyke. Tea time, we start at 8 a.m. Teams cost $800 per team or $200 per person. And it's a way to continue to allow Downline to do what we do. Just have a great time. Put that on your calendar. But also, we have our Downline Summit, which we have not had in several years because of COVID. This year is going to be the first year we've had in maybe three or four years. And so the theme is Discipleship in a Day of Division. And our speakers are Crawford Loritz, Juan Sanchez, Russell Moore, and Rosaria Butterfield. So those are the speakers that we have this year. Also, if you get in early, there's a, a early bird a discount. And what's the date on that? Until December 31st. But the, the conference is February the 10th and the 11th. But you can get an early bird special through December 31st. And that'll be here in Memphis? That'll be here in Memphis, yes. Okay. Okay. yes. And for more information, go to the website? Yeah, you can go to the website. And here's what I tell people. To apply for the Institute, you can go Downline Ministries Memphis, and it'll pull the website up. You go to the Memphis location. It'll say application apply. You do it there. The golf tournament, you can do Downline Ministries Golf Tournament. Pull it up and give yep. you all the information you need. And the same thing with the summit. You can go Downline Summit. Yeah. It'll give you all the information you need. That just yeah. keeps things simple. Very good. And I can also give my number out if anybody. Yeah, please do, yeah. So my number is 901-603-1381. You can email me at uh, Quentin at Downline Ministries. Okay. It's simple. Quentin at Downline Ministries. you have any questions? Dot com? Yes. Okay. Quentin Lido, God bless you, my dear friend. It's always great to have you stop by and bring us up to date on what's happening at Downline. We've watched the ministry. I remember when uh, Kenan used to come in the very early days and, and share the story. And I haven't seen Kenan in a while. I mean, he's a busy man now, mm-hmm. pastoring at Harvest and also the president and founder of Downline Ministries. Yes. A great work that God is doing through the ministry. Thank you so much, my dear friend. <clears throat> Blessings to you and Carla and the family. Thanks for stopping by. Well, Byron, it was good seeing you in church the other day. Thank you for having me on. With Downline, I just, I love what I do, Byron. And I think we've had over 3,700 people go through, and I interview the majority of those. So interviewing over 3,000 people, I feel like I'm kind of getting the heartbeat of where we are, where we need to go. Again, I want people to know loud and clear that we are a parachurch ministry, and we've come alongside the church to assist the church, and the pastors are preaching their hearts out and they love the Lord, we will make Memphis a different place, a better place by the power of the Lord. And I think we're doing that. So I thank everybody for their commitment to the Lord. We'll see what the Lord does. We'll carry out the Great Commission as He commanded us to until He returns. Yes, we will. Well, on that, we're going to say goodbye. Thanks so much. Well, friend, thank you for listening to today's edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. And when the nutrients that God makes are depleted from your body, you will die. And I have no idea how long that's going to be. I have a tendency to overwork myself because I want to prove I'm worthy of people's love and attention. That's definitely a trap that I'm struggling with. Mid-South Viewpoint is people telling God-sized stories from all walks of life. Listen Wednesday and Thursday at 3 p.m. on AM640 or anytime with the Bot Radio Network mobile app or on Spotify and iTunes podcast.